Here, 357. Go up and if you need to, put one right behind his head. We yeah. talked about this ghost bear. How long have you been after this ghost bear? Five years. I just love hunting these animals. That's that's all I care about. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. All right, folks. Welcome to the podcast. So today I brought on return guest. Um, I believe the number one downloaded guest I've ever had on the podcast, uh, Douglas Bowes, author of the Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting and the book um, No Bait, Just Bears. Uh, so welcome back on, Douglas. How you doing? Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, doing well, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. Both surviving quarantine like we were talking about before we got rolling here. But uh, yeah, strange times we live in. So it's it's definitely interesting times for sure i uh tell my son this is kind of his 9-11 situation yeah that's a good that's way to look I at it that's articulate it yeah yeah exactly because yeah i mean i was i was almost don't age myself but you know i was still in in school when 9-11 happened but um yeah it was just very strange times then too and yeah this is about the closest i've seen to that so I was, I think I was about 23 at the time, and he's he's 15 now. Okay. So this is kind of what I, this is how I related to him because he had no, you know, he had no idea about 9/11 with the exception of history books. Right. Right. Um. But yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, it's strange times. I'm just glad tie this into hunting. Watch this. I'm just glad this didn't happen during hunting season. So far, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, they want us to social distance. I think uh, that wouldn't be a problem for hunting season. True. For the true. It's some, just a, some hunting woods they go into are pretty crowded, but yeah, it's just yeah, the travel, travel thing. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Um. So before we get into you know future hunting stuff, <clears throat> Bennett, mean to ask you, how did your bear hunting season go last year? I didn't see any, didn't see much on your social media about bears last year. No, you're right. I uh, I got drawn for a special elk tag. Um, so there's I think there was only six permits issued, something like that, for archery in the Peaches Ridge unit, which is uh, where I went. And I spent a lot of time. I spent the whole time in there, and I actually missed an elk, and I I had opportunities. I ended up not being successful. I did see some bear, but I really kind of focused on that. And then what little I could get out last year, I did see a couple of bear. Um, some of them were too far off to make a play on it and late in the day, that type of thing. Um, others just didn't present a shot. Uh, so I, I really didn't get a chance to hunt a lot last year, but that's no excuse, really. I just, uh, you know, with family life and I own my own business, I kind of get out when I can, and um, it just didn't happen to pan out. And that's you know that's hunting. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you're successful, and sometimes you're not. And yeah. um, I still had a great time, and and I still love uh, sitting there watching bears tear apart stumps and eat blackberries and yep. do what bears do. To me, that's that's a, a a great gift, and I'm I'm fortunate to be able to 
head out in the woods and and spend time, even if I don't get one, spend time and and check them out. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. No, totally agree. I've had. I mean, a couple of years ago, I didn't. I was totally unlucky too. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was a rough year that year. But um, yeah, no, I get it. I'm just kind of curious. So I wasn't hadn't seen anything, but I wasn't sure if it was just for lack of posting or you know or what. But. No, it was. Yeah, it was just lack of luck. Um, I just uh, tag soup for bear basically. In yeah. fact, last year, uh, last year was pretty much tag soup all the way around. I I. I missed a deer with a rifle, which has only happened like one other time in my life. And I did a follow-up shot on that first time I missed uh-huh. that deer, and I I dropped it. And this uh, this one deer, man, I just missed clean at like ninety some yards. I just I don't know how I missed it, but it <laughs> yep. that's what happened. It was just a huge buck. I saw it from like a thousand yards away, and uh-huh. um, with a spotter scope, and I crept up to within ninety six yards in open country, and yeah, I just. I just uh, biffed it, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's happened to me too. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I kind of got to laugh at yourself when that happens. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, even even this last year for me, I was I was tree sand hunting for whitetails, and um, my tried and true thirty out six I use for all my hunts. Basically, I'm sitting there, and um, this this doe, and all I had was doe tags left, and this doe comes walking by and I mean, it was like first thing in the morning too. And, uh, I was like, Oh cool. Okay. As soon as she stops, I'll, you know, she was, she was on the move and it was like right peak rut. And so she, she was on the move. She looked like she was gonna, she was looking for love. And, um, and she stopped between two trees and I said, all right, this is my chance. And so, I mean, I don't even know if she was, she was probably 50 yards away, let's say. And, you know, she, I didn't like, you know, whistle at her or anything. I just, you know, boom shot. And, uh, she goes running off. I'm like, okay, I got her. And then she stopped and she looked at me and went, oh, well, you know, I don't want her to go any further. And she's looking at me and said, and that was the only shot I had as I could, because through the trees, the only thing I could see was her head. And I said, well, I don't want her to go any further. You know, I'm just going to take the shot. I already hit her once, but you know, it's a headshot. I'll just, I'll just, I and normally I don't do headshots. And, uh, I said, right. I'll just take it. And so, um, I shot and pow, I see her drop. I'm like, all right, cool. Wow. Awesome. I get down and, you know, I finally, I get up to her and I'm looking and, uh, that first shot I totally missed. I mean, stand broadside 50 yards away, just clean miss. I have no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But then like, you know, a few seconds later after the adrenaline's been popping, I, you know, take a way more difficult shot and dropped her. So who knows? (laughs) that's everything's got to line up i mean even though you do it a hundred times and you're successful that just that one chance of yeah not putting your cheek in the right spot or you know just jumping the trigger yep exactly happens quick and it's you hunt long enough and you're gonna miss that's all there is to it yep that's for sure doesn't matter you know even with a rifle close range it happens so yeah it does crazy yeah so did you did you get any deer last year or at all um no well so some people in my in camp did okay okay and then uh actually when i when i saw that one he was a very very nice buck he was with uh two or three other bucks uh-huh and uh i he bed down with another four point who the four point i would have shot and when i say four point i mean four on one side four on another yeah, so yeah eight yeah. for yep. you east coasters yeah um yep. 
I was going to ask. I, I would have shot that. That, <laughs> that I would have shot that mule deer any day of the week. Um, but he was much smaller than the other one. The other one was like a five by five yeah. with uh, kind of a weird kicker and stuff. And he was a good looking buck. Anyway, I had the I crept up and I I had the four, I was on this little knob just right above him, a grassy knoll, uh, so to speak. And then uh, the four point stood up and I had him broadside and I thought, you know what, I I crept all this way and I'm gonna shoot this bigger one and it should be a good time. And so mm-hmm. I could have shot that four point for thirty seconds and didn't. And the five point kind of caught my movement and stood up and I was laying prone and mm-hmm. I had my bipod out and. Uh, he was looking at me full on, and that I think that was part of my mistake. Um, I never take a chest shot, but this time I, I thought, well, I'll just take a chest shot. He's looking right at me, you know, and yeah. he's holding still. And and I shot, and I, I I just can't believe I missed. But, you know, broadside, you have such a larger target, and that mm-hmm. chest shot's only, you know, 8, 10 inches wide at best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I just... I just boofed it, and him and him and the other buck went barreling down the hill. And I looked for blood for quite some time, and there wasn't anything. Yeah. Um, and I looked up and down the hill for a good couple hours. Um, nothing mm-hmm. panned out, but right. I still, even though I, I cheesed the shot, I I definitely had fun on the stock mm-hmm. because it uh, I had to use the hillsides and the the ridge line and stuff, and I got pretty close. I I I felt pretty successful getting that close at least. Uh, in in kind of wide open sage the, mm-hmm. uh, the way I did, but yeah, yeah, just didn't pan out. That's okay. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he'll be there next year. Yeah, hopefully, maybe it'll be a six by six then. Who knows? That's it. <laughs> oh, cool, very cool. <laughs> Speaking of next year, what's your uh? Well, I guess yeah. What are your hunting plans for next year? Well, that's a real good question. It it was going to be kind of my standard head to eastern washington for deer and then um i was going to try to head to uh, head up to alaska for black bear mm-hmm. and uh eastern washington for archery elk uh, etc and so forth and then hunt around here for black bear too um mm-hmm. but with this quarantine and um my wife's business getting government mandated shut down because of uh, the lockdown and then my business obviously is slowed down i don't i'm not quite sure what i'll do Mm-hmm. Um, but provided everything turns around within a month or so, um, I am going to try to go up to Alaska for black bear. Um, and then I'll hunt locally for our other big game animals. I put in for all of our special draws and stuff like that. I didn't get spring bear this year, but that's okay. That was, that was drawn a week ago <clears throat> or so. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my plan. Maybe head up to Anchorage and then, um, uh, hitch a flight somewhere and just get dropped off and uh, hunt black bear that way. Gotcha. Very cool. Now, were you looking yeah. to go in the spring or the fall? The fall. Okay. For, uh, in Alaska, I would go up in the fall in September sometime. Okay. Out of curiosity, because, you know, I mean, it seems like the popular thing to do is go spring bear hunting, you know, go to a destination for spring bear. Why, why are you choosing fall for bear up there? Um, just kind of timing, uh, in the spring, my business picks up quite a bit, um, with construction and demolitions and stuff. I, that's kind of what I deal with. Okay. And so spring gets pretty busy and then near, and so I kind of spend my spring and my summer making a lot of my money. And Mm -hmm. then 
when fall rolls around, I tend to take off a lot of time for hunting, basically. So I'll take off much of the month of September, uh, okay. um, and then half of October or maybe all of October for for hunting. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of the way it pans out. I see. Well, that's cool. That's a pretty good game yeah. then. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Yeah, I was just kind of curious because you know I, I I sort of I thought you were going in the fall, and I was wondering what the reasoning for that was. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I would like to go. I would like to go um, in Idaho because they do over the counter spring bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would love to do that. I've I've hunted Idaho a couple times, but I tagged along on my dad's moose hunt down there, and then uh, I've went down there for wolf a couple times. But I would like to. I'd like to give that a shot. I think my brother might be heading down there for that, so it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For spring bear. Yeah, that's you know that's something I I've, I've wanted to do an Idaho spring bear hunt for a long time, just because you know the tags for non-residents are so cheap, and you can get two of them, and you know it's a good chance for color phase bears, and you know you can do yeah. some spot and stock, and you can also run baits too. So you know you kind of have a you know, while you're letting the baits sit, you know, you go set up a couple baits, let the baits sit, and while you're doing that, go spot and stalk, and, you know, and so it, it just seems like a fun gig to do. I just haven't done it yet, but. No, definitely. I don't, and, you know, Idaho's got beautiful, beautiful country, and, yeah. you know, frankly, they need help in predator management. Not that their Department of uh, Wildlife is doing a poor job, but they, you know, with the wolves and everything else, their ungulates are just getting hammered. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I, w- I would much rather go to Idaho and hunt predators than I would any of the ungulate population um, mm-hmm. just to help them out. Um, I'm all for, you know, hunting wolves and hunting bear over there because they have such a problem with it. Right. Um, exactly. And I think a lot of uh, people who live in Idaho would appreciate that. You know, sometimes there's kind of the my team versus your team with resident and non-resident mm-hmm. hunters. Um, some states are more tolerant of it. Uh, but I think if... I ran into an Idaho hunter who's hunting deer and I'd say, Hey, I'm just trying to hunt bear or wolves. You know, they'd probably give you a slap on the back and tell you where to go. Yeah. Yep. As far as helping you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. That'd be cool. Yeah. And I mean, in, you know, fishing game there, I mean, they're, they're basically giving away bear, bear tags, you know, I don't know anywhere yeah. else we can go. What did they figure? Cause the hunting license is like, I don't know. Don't quote me. It's like 120 bucks or something or 140, something like that. And then yeah. the bear tags were like twenty five bucks a piece or something just crazy. You yeah, know? wolf tags are real cheap too. And yeah. I think I, I think they either proposed or they are doing it as such like you can hunt wolves almost year round there now. I think. Yeah. That'd it's like slick. a coyote situation. Right. I think you still have to have tags, but don't quote me. You got to double check. But I want to say I, I read something to that effect. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So. Yeah, and I. I you know, wolves, they're just hard to hunt. That's kind of the thing. It's not that, you know, I'm sure there's, pl- well, I don't know if there's tons of people doing it, but they're just hard animals to hunt in general, you know. But Yeah, there's a couple of guys I follow on Instagram who are, who live in Idaho and they hunt wolves. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they put in the miles and the effort and stuff like that. But they, it looks like they got it down to a science, man. There's one guy who just slays those wolves. And I'd love to just tag along with him. I don't remember his username, but. Yeah. It would be fun to kind of learn the ropes. Yeah. Yeah, there was, it was like sometime last week, I was watching something on YouTube where there was a guy that was slaying wolves in Idaho like that too. I forget his name too. But yeah, I in the video he, he shot like three wolves. But yeah, and he he had it down pretty good. He was locating the pack, like he'd figure out what draw the the pack was in and then, and then from there start calling and 
he'd usually get him to come in and, you know, take it out one at a time. But Yeah. So. I, I I had a, a jet black wolf in my sights with an Idaho wolf tag in my pocket, but he mm. was just too far off. Ah. And it was it was just like something in the movie because his you know he he was like five hundred six hundred yards off, and for what I was shooting it was too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't shoot I normally don't shoot hardly even under a hundred or over a hundred yards. Most of my shots are like fifty yards, not because I can't shoot further, but because it's just the way it works out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean his eyes were just like piercing yellow. Oh, cool. It was just incredible. It was him and then another gray, uh, your standard gray wolf yeah. just kind of standing there. And it was just, uh, that was so cool to me just to see it in general. was just amazing. Yep. Yep. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other thing with wolves is I, if, if, and when I shoot a, a wolf, which I really, I'm, I'm, it's growing on me that I want to, um, I'm going to make wolf sausage. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because you always hear, oh, you can't eat them, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make wolf sausage. I, I don't know. It sounds really gross. Well, you can give it a shot. It. I don't know yeah. how. And, you know, I see people eat coyote and they eat coon, and I'm like, eh, I'm just, I'm not that hungry yet. I've eaten, you know, I've we'll eaten, see where this. I've eaten coyote as a kid when my dad and I used to run a trap line when I was a teenager, and um, we, had a, we had a wild game dinner at our church, and um, yeah. <laughs> And we had, we just, you know, I think that year he didn't get a deer or something and I didn't get a deer. And so it was like, we decided to bring in, for whatever reason, he saved the, the carcasses from a wolf, uh, or not a wolf, I'm sorry, a fox, a coyote and a raccoon. And we brought all three in there. The, the raccoon was, raccoon's pretty good. Um, the, the fox was actually okay actually there was a guy that came up to my dad i guess and was talking about how the fox is like the best thing he ever ate or something <laughs> i forget huh. who that guy was but um i mean the fox is okay he it must... wasn't great but the coyote was just it was like eating a tire <laughs> it tasted oh like yeah it, too. it was not good I, I yeah i'm just i just ain't that hungry yet you no. know I, I i'd love to try cougar and i'd love to i, I would try bobcat yeah I actually ate beaver last year for the first time. I, I have my trapper's license, and I ended up getting a beaver, and so I, I quartered that and fried it up like chicken, and I would eat that any day of the week. I thought it was going to be kind of funky, but it was yeah, it was quite good. I oh, had yeah. no problem with that yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, beaver's good. Beaver's uh-huh. good. You know what I've heard is really good yeah. is lynx. Oh, yeah. I, um, I haven't tried that either. You know, they're yeah. protected I, here in Washington. Yeah, um, same here but, in the UP. We got them, like, they're very, very scarce around here, but I believe there's, you know, some that come around, but they're so, you know, you hardly ever see bobcats, let alone lynx, so. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, let's see. Maybe I'll get us back on track here. Okay, so let's go back on back to Alaska here. Um, for the, for the for the listeners, the some I want to bring up or something. I, the, the point of this podcast I want to talk about is, um, you know, uh, Douglas is you 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 hunted Alaska a number of times, right? A couple times, yeah. A couple times, yeah, yeah. So you know, you're you're coming from Washington State doing do it yourself hunts up there. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I'm doing basically that myself this year. So I'm kind of going to pick your brain a little bit and how that goes, you know, and things yeah. that you've done to be successful doing that. And um, 
hopefully listeners who are doing something similar, maybe not Alaska, but maybe they're going to Idaho, maybe they're going, you know, wherever, um, you know, you can kind of use that to, um, set yourself up for success. So, um, but so I guess, so you've been to Alaska a couple times for bear, just bear, or have you done anything else too? I, I've been up there once for bear, been up there once for moose. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, so both those were in the fall time. Well, I obviously moose is in the fall. Hold time. on. You're breaking up there. I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. All right. Weird. Um, I said, uh, so we're, was both of, uh, obviously moose is in the fall time, but the bear was in the fall time as well. Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. Cool. So, did you were you um, did you like hunt the road system, or did you just like fly in, um, get like a um, bush plane out somewhere? I I flew in okay. both times. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um. And and so black bear in Alaska is actually pretty accessible. Yeah. And um a lot of fun because there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. and uh depending on the unit and stuff like that and the time of year Mm -hmm. um you have to take the hide in the skull or the meat in the skull um at least the unit i was hunting and but i ended up taking the meat the hide and the skull yeah um and you have to get the skull checked and stuff like that but it's it's interesting that you don't necessarily have to take the meat but i i did Mm -hmm. um and but yeah it's it's definitely worth going. And it, you know, it's, it's not that expensive as far as tags go. I don't know if you've looked into tags and whatnot, but, um, they have an interesting, they have an interesting system in Alaska. Those who haven't hunted it. Uh, so for example, if you buy, if you buy a moose tag, which is roughly 800 bucks and you see a, caribou the caribou tag is say 650 you can use that provided provided the animal's legal and all that other stuff you can use that moose tag to put on your caribou or if you have a caribou tag of 650 and you see a black bear that black bear tag is like four four fifty four hundred fifty bucks basically you can use the more expensive tag for the lesser animal yep correct and not get penalized for it which is which is a pretty neat system in my opinion yeah i agree i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah, because I mean, it's, there there's so many options for hunting up in Alaska. You know, if things don't work, you know, I mean, you're sitting there new moose hunting and it's the last day, and um, you know, it's not working out. But you see a black bear, you know, better come home with you know a black bear than nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, definitely. Yeah. You know, and and the you know Alaska is is regulating their moose hunts pretty heavily now, and and they should because they're just trying to you know continue to build their population and like a lot of places the predators they just got to be managed yeah um it just comes down to it and black bears do a number on on the moose calves yeah uh in the in the spring uh one of my favorite youtube videos uh, i i don't remember the exact link but you can look it up like black bear with moose calf and it's just this black bear grabbing this moose calf across this riverbed in alaska and the the thing's crying and the mom's just kind of standing there, and that black bear just grabs it by the neck and just carries it up into the woods. You can hear it kind of bawling, but, I mean, it's just a huge black bear. Yeah. And it's a decent-sized calf. 
Right. He just manhandles that thing and just walks off with it. <clears throat> and, you know, that's one of many that happen quick, you know, throughout the spring. Oh, yeah. That's yep. just a good example of, of the predation issues that they have, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and then throw grizzly bears into that, too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not even including the grizzly bear situation. That's a whole other ball of wax. Right. Yeah, we were talking about Idaho giving away bear tags, but, you know, if you're an Alaskan resident, you could shoot, there's units where you can shoot three black bears and two grizzly bears every single year. Oh, <laughs> I, when, I, when I shot the, so the cover of my book, Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, that yep. bear was one of three that I called in all at once. They were all coming in. If you haven't read the book, I, I talk about it, but I, mm-hmm. I ended up shooting that bear on the cover about two seconds after that photo was taken. Yeah. And when I went to check that bear in at uh, Fish and Game, um, some guy, an Alaska resident, was checking in his grizzly bear, mm-hmm. and um, it was like his third one, I think, that season with archery. <laughs> he, had, you know, he was in like a, a depredation unit. Okay, yep. And he, they were just trying to thin out the grizzlies, and I was just like, "Oh man, you don't know how lucky you are. You get to do the, you know, do this <laughs> for, you know, basically nothing." Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, because I, I mean, so jealous. yeah, because I, I think you have to get a locking tag for grizzlies. I think if you're an Alaskan resident, but it, it's like nothing, you know, when you think about what you're, what you're getting to, uh, to take, you know, it's, yeah. I, I want to say it's like 25 bucks or something. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. 25 or 50 bucks or something. Like it's not, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for non-residents, a thousand bucks plus you have to have a guide. Yep. So that, you exactly. know, it's 20, 30 grand easy. Yep. Oh. Yep. For sure. Yep. But yeah, I know it, uh, it, I have considered moving to Alaska just for that reason. <laughs> oh yeah, you and me both. Uh, I don't know. I I've, I've yeah, told. But, I've, but, I, I said I was gonna say I've told a number of people that uh, going up there this spring that you know I, I might not come back. I'll I'll come back to move my family up. That's about it. <laughs> I was gonna ask if you were married and had kids because that's yep. that's what stopped me. Yep. That's yeah. I, if I wasn't married and, and didn't have kids, I don't know. I, I might be that might be more of a threat than it you know a dream <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's it's amazing i my little brother john he is like what is he 30 something like that but anyway he's not married no kids mm-hmm. and i keep telling him i'm like man you gotta head up there it's and he's like me he likes to hunt and fish and trap and stuff and he yeah. would just love it yep that's cool. So I know. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm. I've been trying to like, like, just block the excitement out of my mind for a little bit here, cause you know, cause I I decide on I got my plane ticket back in January, and you know, I got my bear tag, you know, about a month or two ago. Burning a hole in your pocket. It. Yeah, and it's yeah, and yeah, and so I've I had put it in a hiding place, a safe hiding place. I'm like. Just don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. It's too far away. You can't You can't think about it yet because you're just going to be so excited and you're just going to be – just don't even think about it. <laughs> so it, It's such a good time. And so, you know, it, it being your first time up there, if, if you want to take the meat home, mm-hmm. um, a little tip for anyone else heading up there too is like yep. Fred Meyer sells insulated um, cardboard boxes. So they're basically – the box is a cardboard box, and it has, like, a little insulation inside, like a silver bubble wrap almost. And you can you can drop off the meat and have it frozen out of butcher, mm-hmm. throw it in those boxes, and then you can do it like a carry-on, basically, or you can yep. ship it out to your place 
but um, those boxes are cheap and they work pretty well from my experience. So okay, that's nice. nice. Yeah, that, that was something I was going to ask you is is because I've heard about these you know insulated cardboard boxes and I wasn't sure where you got them or anything like that. So Fred Meyer, okay, that's Fred, good. Yeah, Freddy's or or Sportsman's, any of that place right okay. there. And, well, will have it. Now, do the, those boxes, do they kind of fit? Because I, I know when you check in, um, when you're flying home with meat, um, you know, your check bags, if it's under 50 pounds, it's, if it's over 50 pounds, it costs more, like a lot more. And so you're better off yeah. checking a bunch of 50-pound boxes, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you could... You could kind of so it it could hold more than fifty pounds, mm-hmm. but the volume of the meat probably wouldn't allow you to put more than fifty pounds in there. I so, see. Okay. So you know your check your check baggage can hold I don't know like sixty five or something, or the boxes can hold sixty five. But in reality, you can't really put much more than fifty some odd pounds in there okay. anyway. Nice. So okay, cool. Yeah, and you know with a black bear, that's not going to be that bad. There's going to be, you know. Two, three, four boxes. Right, at right. Most the size of the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm the hide and stuff like that. I'm I'm, sp- <laughs> I'm 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 curious to see how this is gonna work because in my mind I've set myself up to, you know, my goal is to shoot an average bear. Like I'd be totally happy to shoot a hundred and seventy pound bear because like that'd be perfect because it, it's easy to bring home. You know, I'm gonna get a decent amount of meat out of it. Not not a lot, but it's going to be easy to get home, right? So that would be like the almost yeah. ideal scenario. Um, but what happens if I get a monster bear that walks out in front of me, you know? Well, then you <laughs> spend just luck. a little bit more money and you yep. got a good story to tell. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> how often have you been to Alaska? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So. And when are you going to go back? Right. So you, you just, you I'm never know. There. You might as well go for broke and, and, and get what you can get definitely and just have a good time with it right exactly exactly so yeah but anyway so that's what i'm setting myself up is is i'm saying that i'm going to shoot a smaller bear and hopefully that like you know sort of like opposites you know where you want to shoot a big bear and all you get is a little bear maybe if i want to shoot a little bear i'll see big bears that's what i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) i like that reverse psychology for karma or for the universe you know yeah it's kind of yeah yeah it's kind of what i'm thinking i i I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out how it works out. <laughs> it's, wor- it's worked for me deer hunting. A couple of years ago, I was deer hunting, and somebody shot something, and they were hooting and hollering. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. You know? So I just started hiking up a hill, head was down, and I'm like, I'm not even going to hunt. I'm just going to hike back to the truck and get out of here. So I was hiking back, and I yep. paused and take a breath. at the. I got to a, a horse mm-hmm. trail, and I turn around and look, and there's a five uh, a four-point sitting mm-hmm. there standing looking at me at like 30 yards and I just raise up and shoot and, and then, you know, <laughs> carry it out. But that was the thing. I, I, I'm not even going to hunt. I'm just hiking out. I wasn't even being quiet or anything. <clears throat> I was just... Yep. So that does work. That's happened to me with deer hunting too, where I, I've gone like in a tree stand. I said, you know, like the, the situation, like I got to that, I was, you know, it was like, I got out of work late or something. And, you know, I just wanted to like sneak out to the tree stand and my mentality was, well, I'm just going to sit for a couple hours and just, you know, I, I don't, I'm not expecting to shoot anything, but I'm just going to sit for a couple hours, you know, and that's it. And it, those nights I've shot deer. <laughs> right. That's just how it pans out. Right. Now, are you going, you're running in the spring or the fall? I'm going in the spring. So yeah. In the spring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so that's coming up then. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going late enough in the spring that I, this whole quarantine thing should be okay. And even so, I mean, 
unless they shut down the airlines, I mean, it, I should be okay. And so, Hopefully. but yeah, I mean, I'm going, um, beginning of June basically. So yeah. Okay. So I, well, bring some, uh, thermocell and yep. some uh, mosquito netting. Yep. It's on the packing list. So yeah. There. Good. <laughs> Yep, for sure. No, I'm. I'm. That's gonna be the only bummer thing is the bugs. But yeah, it should be nice weather, and I don't know. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to it. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. But um, no, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, question for you back on your fall hunts when you when you were going up there. So you 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 had um sort of carrier fly you into a remote place did you did you specify where you're flying in or did they kind of tell you some good spots to go uh so i actually have a friend of mine who is up there and uh he took me out so it the game regs are kind of screwy well not screwy they're they're very particular up there yeah um and so as a as a friend of mine, he can drop me off, but he was not a guide or that type of thing. But you you can't compensate them yep. for their for their fuel or anything to that effect. It yep. has to be a complete like freebie for them to drop you off. Yep. Um, and so when he took me up there, he had maybe some ideas about where to kind of take me. But he ended up just he he says, you know what what looks good to us is man you know, anywhere you want to drop me off, it's fine. And so he mm-hmm. just kind of said, well, there's a spot and kicked me out. And that was that. That's um, cool. and there was, there was plenty of bear up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, and I think that's, that's even accessible for, for those who want to hunt the road systems and stuff. There's just so many bear in that area or mm-hmm. you know, up in Alaska that, uh, if you can't swing a flight or, um, you know, you, you don't, you you want to rent a car and see some of the country and stuff like that. There's definitely plenty of opportunity to take a vehicle, hike out, um, and and try to find a black bear. Um, yeah. That shouldn't be a problem. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, like, you know, in my own head, like, I thought to myself, okay, um, if, you know, this whole coronavirus thing, you know, something happens where I can't go in the spring, i got to delay stuff, right? Like, I'm not going to eat my bear tag. I'm still going to go. And so I, I thought, well what's my backup plan if I got to go in the fall or something? And that's kind of my thought is, you know, fly up there and um, just, you know, hunt the road, not hunt the road system, but drive to somewhere where I can pack in a ways and, um, you know, I don't know, find some late season berry fields or something like that and try to hunt that, you know. In the Yeah, berry country. fields, um, you know, spawned out salmon. Yep. There's, there's all sorts of stuff up there that you can, you can, start finding yeah i think the ones in the berries will taste better though <laughs> probably yes <laughs> yep, you're probably right so okay oh cool yeah so so when you were up when you got dropped off did you um i, I guess did you focus on any particular uh, at what time of year it was in september you said it was uh yeah i want to say mid-september okay that's when i was up there okay so and go ahead and so where i was was kind of a was kind of i was dropped off in kind of a riverbed area Mm -hmm. and the riverbed was flat and wide several miles wide i was kind of in between two mountains and glaciers to the north and south or to you know either side of me Mm -hmm. um so but tons of room 
And but I was real close to one of these mountainsides, and the mountainside was thick with brush. I mean, we're talking, you know, eight, twelve foot large vine maple type of situation, thick brush. Um, and so the odds of me walking through there and being able to get a shot at something were, were pretty thin, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, and, and, and on this hillside, there was a couple of openings that you could see if something happened to walk through or this or that. But there, and, and way up high, way up high on the mountain, there's like blueberry fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what I thought they were, just from their color and stuff. Yeah. So I could either trudge through all that brush and then hunt up there and have a good time, or I could stay down low and predator call into that brush and try to get something to come out to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that was my strategy. Okay. I just kind of followed the footing of that mountainside and predator called every quarter mile or something mm-hmm. and uh, tried to get something to jump out. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it worked like a charm. I think... Um, I had like one or two sets, maybe that something didn't appear, mm-hmm. but almost every other time I could see something come in or I jarred something loose. Okay, that's cool. So. That's cool. So, so how long did it take you to fill your tag then? Not long. Uh, it took me. Let's see. You can't hunt the first day you fly in, right? Uh, and so I want to say I tagged out on the second day wow. second or the third it, it was a while ago that i'm i'm trying to remember but i want to say it was like the second almost in the evening okay yeah nice yeah oh, that's cool that's pretty cool <laughs> so, so how long did you plan to be out there then for a while or uh i was i was gonna be out there for i don't know four or five days i wasn't quite sure okay um and you know alaska you you the weather rules the roost. Yeah. So you can kind of plan what you want to do, but if the weather's not cooperating, it is what it is. You might have to sit in your tent for a couple of days. Yep. Um, and that, that happens quite often, as I'm sure that you've yep. read plenty of. Yep, for sure. Um, when I was there, uh, a storm looked like it was coming right in, and, and uh, it was real windy the first day I got there, and I didn't happen to see any bear until maybe that evening. But again, I was just kind of glassing, I think. Yeah. Um, but the following morning, it calmed down a little bit. It rained horribly the whole night, and then uh, calmed down a little bit. Um, and then the wind picked up in the afternoon and the evening. But um, we had seen my my buddy who came along, who was just basically um, taking photographs. Okay. Um, we saw plenty of bear. We saw bear digging up. Uh, I don't know if he was digging up for like marmots or what. He was just flipping rocks left and right. And then another bear was like trapped on a cliffside and like wondering how he was even going to get up or down. It looked just <laughs> it looked funny, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we saw, we called in a sow and three cubs and just, you know, oh, there were cool. just all sorts of bear everywhere. That's cool. Did you call in any grizzly by accident? I did not, but I, you know, calling, predator calling bear, Predator calling, actually, just in general, in yeah. grizzly country, kind of changes the whole dynamic of everything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't. We have grizzlies in Washington State, but they are few and far between, and most of them are up in the North Cascades, pretty remote areas, so you never really see them. Yeah, I know that we have a few, but it's nothing like Alaska. Um, right. But I was told that you know a lot of the grizzlies and stuff they're they're kind of in a different area. They were more in the um, 
uh, not in such the mountainous area that that I was in. Okay. Um, necessarily, I don't know how true that was, but that was just kind of the what I was told. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was okay. definitely plenty of black bear. Okay. But well, yeah, cool. it, you definitely keep your head on a swivel because, um, you know, even with black bear, they can sneak up on you and, yeah. you know, manhandle you if they want to. But grizzly is just, that's just, makes you want to sleep with a gun, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of gun, which, what, what rifle did you bring up there? Uh, I had a 300 Winchester short magnum, okay. uh, Tika T3. My, okay. In my book and stuff, I call it the mule, so that's mule. what I had. Yeah. I've got a Tika T3 as well in .30-06, and yeah, it's my workhorse. <laughs> I, I basically use yeah, it for everything. And that's the mule. I, I I use that to kind of break brush, and yep. you know, it's it's not a pretty rifle, but it gets the job done. Yep, exactly. That's my Tika. So, yeah, for, for going up, um, going up for Alaska, though, it, it was, oh, boy, I'm trying to think. It was probably eight years ago now I bought, because um, there was a point in my life I was actually going to move to Alaska anyway, and um, I had bought a 338 Win Mag, a Ruger M77, um, and my plan was, that was my Alaska gun, you know, and, um, and I end up not moving up there, and uh, now, now that I'm going up there, it's like that's the gun that's got to go with me. So, <laughs> you know, oh, it's definitely, a, you know, it's it's a little big. I mean, it'll be good in case you know grizzly charges me. That'd be a little more comforting. Not that a thirty out six wouldn't do the job, but still. So, <laughs> but. now remember, if you if you do end up killing a grizzly. Uh, in a defensive situation, you're not allowed to keep any of it. Correct. That type of thing, you have to call it in. Correct. Yep. Yeah, it's DLP. I think is the term: defense, life, and property. That's correct. Yep. 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 So and they come and take everything, but hopefully that does not happen. I doubt it will, but no, you never no. know. <laughs> so, no. but <clears throat> yep, for sure. Cool. Um, let's see. When you, um, I guess one last thing about Alaska, then we'll move on from Alaska, I suppose. Sure. But um, when you're flying home with the hide um, from a bear, how does, uh, is did that fit into that um, Fred Meyer box okay? Or did you pack that some other way? It was a while ago that I did that. I want to say in 2016. No, it wasn't even, it was like 2015, I think was when I was up there for Black Bear, but it, I want to say it, it's got to be, it's got to be sealed, mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't like drain anything anywhere, yeah. although it shouldn't anyway, it's kind of a dry, you know, once you, once you um, skin the animal and stuff, there's not going to be any sort of real drainage, but make sure it's sealed up good. And yeah, that can fit. They have different size of those um, boxes. They have like a medium size and then like a real big size. Okay. Um, and the hide should fit in probably one of those medium sizes without problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just wrap it in like a good double wrap it in like a three mil construction bag, tape it up, throw it in that uh, other box, you know, and, and, and maybe throw it in a freezer or something if you can mm-hmm. um, until, you know, you ship out and then throw it in that box and off and running. Gotcha. Um, so cool. Okay. It's not a problem. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. So, and then, um, you know, I, I guess 
so you checked all that, and then did you did you check a bag like your gear bag going up there too, or did you just have your did you carry on stuff? When I went up there, I had my backpack that was all full of my hunting gear. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had my rifle and my pistol, which I checked at the airport. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember really carrying on a. Uh, a bag for clothes or anything. I pretty much had everything I needed in just my backpack, to be okay. honest with you. Okay, cool. Um, and I don't know if you've 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 traveled with weapons before. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So what I so what I did is I because it's been a while. I didn't have, um, I didn't have a, a case that was good for my um three thirty eight. So I went and I got a a nice like um hard case from Cabela's that I can put like padlocks on. And, um, uh-huh. that's what I'm going to carry that in. So, but nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, hopefully, those, those hopefully hard cases are nice. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully my scope keeps a zero. It doesn't get banged up too much or anything, but I'll still, I'll shoot it once when I get up there, make sure we're still good. But yeah. So good idea. Yeah. Cause that's, that's happened before. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. well, what happened that, to my that, rifle? That can happen. So, yeah. Now, when you went up there, did you bring any, any, I guess, not special gear, but any gear, I guess, that would be, um, you might not think to bring? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you brought, like, a tent and, you know, that kind of stuff. Anything crazy you brought that uh, you can think of? Um... Not necessarily anything crazy. What I I would recommend Mm -hmm. is is bring a good meat meat bag if you're going to take the meat. Yeah. If it's a requirement or if you just generally want it. Right. Bring a good quality. I use like caribou game bags. Yep. Yep. That's bring those. And if you can't bring it, you can go to Sportsman's or Cabela's. They have a, a couple of them around, you know, Anchorage or Wasilla. I'm not sure where you're going. Yeah. Um, Wasilla. But you can, you can purchase yeah. them up there as well. Yep. Oh, okay, Wasilla. So yeah, yeah. They, have, they have a sportsman's, I think, in Wasilla, and you can you can just buy those there. Um, but avoid the cheap, kind of thin game bags, mm-hmm. um, like the cheese cloth type. Yeah, yeah, they're not the, they're not terribly the flies. Helpful. No, you know, and and down here you can kind of get away with it, mm-hmm. uh, at least in Washington. But up there, the flies can go basically like right through that. Yeah, and it's I've never seen anything like it. It's insane. So those <laughs> caribou game bags are nice. And then you can spray those down with uh, lemon juice, basically. Yeah. The flies don't like it. Yep. Um, and so that's a, a high recommendation Okay. Um, to maintain the meat. Um, but nothing major. You know, I, I brought a I, – when I went in September for the bear, I brought a mosquito net. By the time I got there, the mosquitoes were pretty much all gone. There was a couple of swarms of, like, 50 above my head once or twice, but they never even bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, so mosquitoes weren't much of an issue. Um, and really, I just kind of packed the way I would for a, a backcountry pack in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, that's that's really about it. Uh, I didn't have anything major or anything super different. Uh, the second time around, I carried bear spray, but the first time around, I didn't even have bear spray on me. I just had my pistol and my rifle. Yeah, yeah. Did you bring a pistol the second time? The second time, you were moose hunting, right? Yes, uh, the second time, I brought a pistol. That's okay. correct. Okay, cool. Nice. 
That's cool. How was how, how many? I, I you so you you got a moose, right? I did. Okay. So how many how many bond checked bags do you have to bring home with the moose meat? Uh, it was a lot. It was. Uh, <laughs> I think my check baggage bill was like six hundred and some odd dollars. I wow. think. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering yeah, I was wondering if there was a limit on how many check bags you could bring on. No, so the, the, you know, they're used to that yeah. type of situation. Yeah. Um and those those little insulated boxes help out quite a bit. So they have carts there and you can wheel it in and they just kind of, you know, treat it like luggage. Yeah. And, and yep. off it goes. So right. it's yeah, it's pretty nice. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because I've wondered that, because, you know, I, I, I'm i going up there for Black Bear this go-around, but, you know, in the future, I'd like to do, like, a caribou, at the very least, I want to get up there and do, like, a caribou hunt, maybe go do, like, a haul road hunt or something, but, um, yeah. you know, the, uh, I've always thought to myself, like, is I, I know you can check your meat on, obviously, but I've always wondered if there's, like, a limit, you know, because I, I, I want to say, like, other airlines have, like, limits on how many check bags you can bring on. You know, maybe maybe it's maybe I'm wrong about that, but it always seemed to me that I, yep. I thought there was a limit. Well, so in my case, um, half the meat came on the flight I was on, and then the other half came on a separate flight. So I had to wait another hour and a half for my other half to get there. Okay. And it it wasn't because of any sort of limit. It was just the plane was full, I think. Okay. And you know that's the way the ball bounces. Right, right. Um, but Alaska Airlines was good to me, and they, you know, they like cut me a, they gave me like a hundred dollar gift card or something for my next flight because I had to wait around an hour and a half. Okay. Um, but I, I didn't really have, I don't recall there ever being a limit type of situation. Okay, well, that's cool. Uh, as long as you can pay for it, I think you can bring it on. As long as there's room on the plane, they'll take it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So. Yeah. Yeah, not just, you know, for bear hunting in Alaska, but it could be anything. Somebody's flying to, you know, go elk hunting out in Montana, you well, know, break, and they didn't break it drive. up a little bit again. Oh, I said, I said, um, you know, if, uh, you know, you, you could, you could say that for, you know, not just bear hunting in Alaska, but you could say that if you're, you know, going elk hunting in Montana and you flew there, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But. So, cool. All right. Well, um, I want to change gears a little bit here. Um, I, I get a question. So, for maybe listeners that that don't know, I mean, I, I'm sure they picked up this by now, but um, you're pretty well known for um, predator calling for bears is what your one of your big things is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in your in your book, um, Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, you definitely cover that quite a bit. Um, now something, a question I get all the time is, um, and, and you know, I don't want to, um, you know, we talked a lot about predator calling last time we did a podcast, but, um, something I get a lot is you folks that live in the Eastern United States that, um, live in a state that you can't use bait and you can't use, um, well, you can either use, you may not be able to use hounds, but if, if you can, they don't have access to them or whatever. And, um, you know, it's a fall bear hunt, but they're looking for ways to be able to go bear hunting because it's still open for bear, but they're not necessarily, you know, they can't bait and they're, it's, you know, they want to go up in like the, the 
you know, the Appalachian Mountains or whatever and try to get a bear. Um, and something that I get asked a lot is, you know, do you think calling would be effective? And I, and I personally haven't tried calling for bears in the fall or anything like that. But um, I guess, do you have any tips for somebody that wants to tr- give that a go? Oh, absolutely. So, I, you know, I, I cover a lot of this in my book, but let's dive into it. So yeah. I haven't been over there. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest about it. I haven't hunted the East Coast. Yep. Um, that being said, if I was hunting the East Coast, I would be looking for, you know, whatever food remains in the fall for the bear. They're looking for, you know, acorns and other food sources. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't find those or if they're not in, if it's later in the season and they're just kind of not around, the bears are still hungry. In fact, they're super hungry. They're constantly looking for food. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I would give it a shot at predator calling. I would tuck myself into a stump or a brush pile at an elevated position that allows you to look down into a gully. Um, you know, and, and if the area you're hunting is really flat and thick with brush, mm-hmm. that's fine, man. Just you can either plan it out earlier in the season and clear kind of an area um, of 50 yards, 70 yards of, of brush and try to predator call that little hot spot. Or you can hop up in a, a deer stand and predator call so you can see. The point is, is that you want to be able to see shooting lanes and see where the bear's coming from. Um, that's kind of key. But mm-hmm. uh, thick brush is great great to call into. Okay. Um, the, the tips would be um, call straight for an hour. And I, and I don't mean not taking any sort of break, but I mean make noise for an hour. Mm-hmm. And don't just make the same noise over and over. Build it in your head. Think about the scenario in, in nature, in real life, as to, um, you know, a rabbit just doesn't sit there and squall for an hour. Um, it might get hurt, so it's kind of, you know, whimpering and sad at the beginning. And then a coyote hears it and starts tearing into it. So then as the call set progresses, you know, your tempo increases and the sound increases and gets more frantic and horrible. And then as the rabbit slowly dies off from whatever, it slowly drops down or it stops completely. You know, so build different scenarios in your head mm-hmm. and and use that. So and the other thing, too, is, you know, you might not have a jackrabbit in Michigan. Yep. But that doesn't mean that that's not going to pique the interest of the bear. Yep. So the whole point you don't have to sound perfect. You don't have to sound exact. You might predator call and be like, oh, man, you know, I sound horrible. I don't sound like this animal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But the whole point is to pique the interest of the predator to come in to see what this noise is all about so you can get a shot. Mm-hmm. So don't get down on yourself if you're not sounding great. Okay. Um, to me, that's a that's a, uh, a big thing that I don't want predator, beginning predator callers, I don't want them to give up because they... They think they don't sound good. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. not sound good is a good thing. Right. You right. know, if if you hit your Fox Pro and you're playing the same jackrabbit cottontail um, sequence uh, that the bear might have heard, um, you know, he might not come into that. But if you have a javelina call in your pocket and there's not even a javelina around <laughs> and you squall on that thing, that bear might think, hey, what is that? I'm going to go check that out. And yeah. they check that out. That that bear that I called in on the cover of the Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, that I believe that was a jackrabbit. Uh, no, no, that, not that instance, but the bear before that. 
it was actually a jackrabbit call that I was using to get this bear to come in. He he heard me squealing and he stopped and wasn't and it was a cottontail I started out with. Stopped and then wouldn't come in, wouldn't come in, and then I was like, Well what the heck? And so then I switched to Jackrabbit and then pfft, he came in on a string. Huh. Just come running in. That's because cool. he hadn't heard that sound before. You know, it was yeah. just something that, that tweaked his interest. Yeah. Um and so for Eastern hunters, definitely, if, if you can't bait and you can't use dogs or you don't have access to dogs, predator calling is a great way to get the bear to show up um, without having you having to walk all over the place and spread your scent and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think a tip I would add to that is um, because, you know, especially in areas that... Um, like like when I'm when I'm picturing like a person this would apply to like uh, um I'm gonna say somebody in like Tennessee or Kentucky right just as an example um could be Pennsylvania too or you know this would apply there too or Virginia or West Virginia um you know bears are gonna be in certain areas and so what I would do is early in the season I'd go looking for um you know, go up into some public land and look for places that are going to hold bears. See if you can find bear sign, um, you know, look for like hard mass that might be around or, um, that's going to have, you know, mass at the time of year you want to go bear hunting or things like that. Um, look for that before, you know, do some scouting and plan that out before you start hunting. And then also, I guess if, you know, when you actually go out, be looking for bear sign. Because if you start calling where there's no bears, you're not going to find bear. You're not going to pull bears in. So you're going to want to look for where bears are going to be active during when you're hunting. So, um, because... No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you want to find, you want to find sign and, you know, call from there. I have cold called areas where, you know, I'm not finding a lot of sign, but Mm -hmm. it looks good and I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And that has worked. Um, on occasion, but yeah, definitely, you know, if you, if you're finding tracks or you're finding, um, bear peels or scat, stuff like that, fresh scat, particularly, yeah. uh, those are definitely good places to, to call. And if, you know what, if you're walking along and you're deer hunting or something like that, and you see old bear scat, well, keep that in your head thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm hunting this area and this bear scat's two weeks old or a month old, but you know, last month there was a bear here. Yep. So depending on your season and stuff, you might want to go back there the following year at that time period and be like, Hey, for some reason or another, a bears was here last year eating. So he's probably here again. And, you know, keep that in your head and, and jot it down in your notes and get after him. Yep. Yep. And, and the other thing too, is like, uh, don't, don't just quit calling at an hour and then get up and leave. Um, Sit there and wait another 10, 15, 20 minutes if you can, if your legs will let you. I get kind of stiff, and I'm like, oh, man, i got to get up and start moving. But <laughs> if you can sit there for a little bit, sometimes bears will hang away until things quiet down, and then they'll come in to see kind of what the score was, what was making all this noise. You know, smaller bears, smaller bears will do that particularly because yeah. they don't want to end up getting killed by a bigger bear. Right. Um, but, you know, bigger bears might do that too just because they – I don't know. I don't know why they do it. They just do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also the, you know, the wind, the wind isn't very important. Um, 
I usually like a crosswind, like left to right or right to left, or the wind at my back, so the wind is going away from me and towards my shooting lane. Um, bears like to kind of smell what's what's coming at them mm-hmm. or what they're coming into. And so if you have like a long shooting lane, maybe like a power line cut or a gas line cut, pipeline cut, that's a good shooting lane to keep an eye on because the bear is going to want to kind of circle and smell you. Yeah. yeah. FYI. Good to know. Very good to know. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, let's see what else. So, like, you know, I, and I don't know if you guys can use electrical calls in, in certain states. I know some states allow e-calls. Some don't. Um, so check your regs. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I have a lot of fun with, with hand calls. Um, like a Scary brand is, is a brand that I use sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. I've actually made a, a, a predator calling app called the Ultimate Predator Call uh, app, where mm-hmm. you can. It's for iPhone or Android, um, and it's actually it's me predator calling, and it's just recordings of that. And That's so cool. you can put that on your phone and then push it to a Bluetooth speaker, mm-hmm. like uh, you have a little Ryobi speaker I use for work, and I can just push it to that, and then that sends that sound out instead of spending three, four, five hundred dollars on an electronic caller. Mm-hmm. I can get it for five bucks on my phone and then a radio I already have. Right. So that's just kind of a, a poor man's way <laughs> of getting into electronic calling if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's good to know. That's, that's, and I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I would say just look at the regs, um, whether or not that's legal. I think generally that probably is legal around here. Um, for the most part in the Eastern U S but don't quote me on that. I haven't really looked up that too much. So, but I think yeah, a lot of places okay. are legal for electronic calls are legal for like predators, but they don't allow you to use it for like elk or deer type of thing. But yeah, just yeah, and that that goes without saying. Just check your regs and know the rules and regs and play pay, play by the rules. Yeah, how hard that is. Yep, exactly. So cool, awesome. Um, okay. Anything else to add to that? Um, you know, if any of your listeners have any questions they can find me online and stuff like that and i I always encourage people just to hit me up if they want um i think predator calling is a very underutilized although it's it's picking up in its popularity but underutilized uh asset when it comes to bear hunting yeah Uh, i think uh in my own personal experience when if i'm going by a big brushy gully or, or something like that and i think man you know what I think a bear's in there, but if I tromp through there, I'd blow it out or, you know, I'd never see it. But if I hop up on this stump pile and I predator call and there's, you know, a, a tree line 100 yards away from me that he might pop out of, I'm going to give that a shot. Mm-hmm. The same goes for the eastern part of the United States. If if there's a, a tree line or an area that you can get up high and be kind of protected, um and predator call down into it. It's definitely worth trying, man. Just, you know, and predator calls, hand calls are like five to 35 bucks. Yeah. Just exactly. throw one around your neck, carry it in your pocket. If you get bored, nothing's happening. What's the worst that's going to happen? Nothing. What's, right. the best that's, what's the best thing that's going to happen? You know, a bear's going to come out and you get to shoot it and say, Hey, I called this bear in and I just shot it at 20 yards and it's trying to eat me. So like, yeah, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> Yep. Awesome. Well, 
Um, kind of went through all my questions already, and we hit the one hour mark. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect timing. Did really good. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Good. So, um, I guess, do you have anything else to add? Um, obviously, for the listeners, um, if you want to learn more, uh, I definitely recommend checking out Douglas's book, Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting. Um, is it available everywhere? Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, that kind of place? Yeah. Um, you can get it, the ebook version of it, the electronic book. You can get the physical copy on Amazon. You can go to Cabela's, um, Bass Pro Shops. You know, not all of them carry it, but most of them do. But definitely, like on Amazon, you can find it no problem. Okay. Um, and you know, like I say, they can find me on Instagram, um, at bows and bears. Um, and they can get the ultimate predator calls app on, uh, for iPhone or, or Android on the associated stores. Um, so yeah, cool. That's about it. And I, I wish everyone uh, health and safety and good luck this upcoming season and yeah, do your part and manage those predators, man. We got to got to keep them in check and they're a great animal and magnificent creature and deserve our utmost respect and admiration yep couldn't have said it better couldn't have said it better so awesome yeah well hey good luck to you so definitely all right well you, thank you i appreciate it yeah definitely hope you get up to alaska this fall i will try um i'm hoping to too and yep. uh you know that's the hope. And I wish you good luck, too. I think you're going to go up there, and are, are you doing a bait situation? Yeah, yep. So so I'm hunting with um, with Jess and Steve, just going up there. They invited me up, and so I'm going to go hunt with them. Nice. And, yeah, they're just going to drop me off one of their baits, and, yeah. So Well, when you fun. get up there, ask them why I wasn't invited. I'm, I'm a little offended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I, Jess listened to this quite a bit, so I think she'll uh, she'll probably message you after this. <laughs> All right. Well, Jess, I'm counting on you next year. <laughs> oh, awesome. Sounds good, man. Well, hey, have a great night. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yep. Thank you. Have a good day.